You are welcome to Faith to Faith broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Taking the message of around the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. This evening I'll just talk a little about the wonder of His blood. Hallelujah. There is no other way to read the New Testament than to understand that now faith is. Glory to God. It's always now. Everybody say now. It is now because what was done, because of what was done then. In this scripture, we're told where we are. It says, But ye are come unto Mount Zion. He didn't say you are coming. You have come. That's where you are now in Christ. You've come into the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem. It means that you are at the center of God's plan for the now. Every religious person, especially the Jews, know that Jerusalem is recognized as a spiritual capital. He's saying now you are in the heavenly Jerusalem. That means when you came into the body of Christ, when the Holy Spirit dipped you into the body of Christ, you were immersed and you came into a city. You came into a place. He called it Zion. He said, you've also come to an innumerable company of angels. Meaning that you've come to a place of angelic activity. So we expect the ministry of angels. Next verse 23. It says, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all. Is telling you what you've come to. And the spirits, to the spirits of just men, made perfect. And to Jesus, verse 24, the mediator of the new covenants. We've come to Jesus. We are not coming to Him. We have come. He is the mediator of the new covenants. He is the deal break broker. He is the broker of this new covenants. It's not, we didn't Initiate the covenant. He packaged it and brought us in. He's the mediator of the new covenant. Now listen to me. Thank God I'm a part of this new covenant. The Bible tells me that this new covenant is a better covenant. Established upon what? Better promises. Meaning there was a covenant before this one. That covenant is old because there is a new one. Glory to God. That covenant is obsolete because there is a one available right now. That covenant is the former covenant. That's why the Bible calls it this present truth. Amen. Because there is a past truth. Glory to God. It is the second covenant. And it's the final one. Hallelujah. And just as the scripture says that, just as it is in the law, that there is nothing that is purged without blood. 
Also in this new covenant, there's nothing that is poured without blood. Hallelujah. In the same way the old covenant was based on blood. This new covenant is also based on what? Blood. Now it says, it says for and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Believing that you already know about Abel's blood. We study in, in the book of Genesis chapter 4 about how Cain, um, Cain and Abel came and offered sacrifices to God and the Bible says God had respects unto Abel's offering and unto Cain's offering he had no respects. That means God always regards blood. Hallelujah. He always regards blood. As a matter of fact, remember, if God regards blood, it means that everything God created was wired to listen or regard blood. The earth regards blood. Heaven regards blood. Even the devils recognize there's something about blood. Give me Genesis 9. Let me show you something. Um, I think from verse 6 or thereabouts, I just want to pick out something. Go, um, go up a bit. 5, 4, good. Should I start from 3? Good. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, even as green herb have I given unto you. I given you all things. But flesh with life thereof. He now said, which is the blood thereof? Shall you not eat? He's saying that what gives life to every living thing, flesh, is the blood in it. Now, if you didn't understand it here, you will understand it in Leviticus 17. Give me verse 11. He now went further to explain. At this time now, he's talking to the Jews. Leviticus 17, 11. He said, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. In essence, what he's saying is that blood is life. If they drain out every blood in you, they've drained out your life. Say blood is life. Say it again, blood is life. Say it again, blood is life. Now, what this means is that anywhere you see blood, you are seeing life. It was this understanding that even God was trying to establish by Jesus shedding his blood. Permit me to just skip quickly because we have a lot of things to do. I'm going to talk for a short time. Is this. This blood of Jesus. I hope you know that it is the blood of God himself. You see, it looked like sometimes when some of the writers of scripture were talking along these lines, it would look like they were careful. But when Acts 20 was sharing, as if Paul was the one speaking, he said something very heavy. He actually called it the blood of God. So let's look at Acts 20, 28. Let me show you something. He said, 
Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers or some to leaders to feed the church of God. Which church? Who owns the church? God. Which he had purchased with what? His own blood. Everybody says God's own blood. That means God bought the church. We're coming there. With his own blood. Get this picture here. It was God that introduced the idea of blood. He taught man about blood. And the significance of blood. That blood represents life. Genesis 3. I believe it was the 22nd verse. It was talking about how God coated Adam and Eve with coat of skin. So, blood sacrifice started with God. Hallelujah. He coated them. They had sinned. And when they sinned, what happened? They took aprons made of leaves, fig leaves, and covered 21, not 22, made fig leaves and covered themselves. That nakedness the scripture was talking about was not just that they were not with physical clothes. There was an insufficiency. Are you understanding me? Are you understanding me? There was condemnation. There was guilt. And they tried in their own effort to address the matter. But God knew that this matter cannot be addressed any other way but blood. Let me say something to you. Everything answers to blood. Money answers to blood. Influence answers to blood. Success answers to blood. So, God introduced, they had a problem. And what the solution was, was blood. He covered them with coat of skins. We know that he must have killed an animal. The scripture might not have mentioned the animal, but I, showed, I mentioned, get the message of last week. And we're explaining that, how do we know what it was? As you read further down in scripture, you now see, the Bible told us about Cain and Abel, and said Abel was a keeper of sheep. And we know that when the Bible talks about lamb, a lamb is a young sheep. Are you understanding me? So he was keeper of sheep. And what he offered to God was his sheep. Amen. The firstlings of his sheep, of his flock, he offered to God. And God accepted it. In the New Testament, he said that that thing he did, God recognized it as faith. Amen. That by faith, Abel offered unto God. That means that thing he did was an act of faith. That means that our faith is actually in blood. Hallelujah. Because what Jesus, listen, listen, Abel offered a sacrifice. We didn't know what it meant. Cain also offered a sacrifice. In actual fact, Cain was the first to offer the sacrifice. Then, if you read the scripture, the Bible says, Abel also. That means, ah, Cain was going to get, say, Mitchell will do. Then he went to offer. But he did the right thing. He didn't come to offer the sacrifice standing on his efforts. He came. And offered blood. Because he had been thought that God responds to blood. Now let me explain something to you. There is such a thing as the wrath of God. There is such a thing as the anger of God. Blood appeases it. And that is what everybody that knew or understood that always practiced. 
that what appeases him is blood, life. In this case, you see that an innocent animal that did not even know what was happening is brought and sacrificed. As the scriptures say, the just for the unjust. Are you understanding me? So, an innocent is slain and then the blood is shed. That means life has been spilled. Now, understand something about Cain and Abel. When Abel offered it, God accepted it. The Bible says that the voice of Abel's blood was crying out where? From the ground. That means that that blood that was spilled had a voice because it had life. In the same way, the blood of God that had been shed for you has its own voice. It doesn't have the voice of another. It has the voice of the owner of the blood. You didn't hear me well. When Abel's blood was spilled, it was not another person's voice they were hearing. The voice that was heard was the voice of the one that was slain. Are you understanding me? Now the blood of God has been slain for you. The voice that comes out of that blood is the voice of the one that was slain for you. Abel, how do we also know? God now said to Cain, He said that this earth that had and sorry, that drank the blood of your brother, it will not yield an increase to you. Why? Because of what the blood is saying to it. So the blood was crying out to God for vengeance, but also crying to the earth for vengeance. So he said, this earth will not yield to you. That means that even the earth responds to blood. Did you hear me? It responds to blood. But the Bible says, the blood of sprinkling that speaketh what? Better things than that of Abel. That means the blood that God had shed for you is not telling the earth not to yield an increase to you. It has commanded the earth to yield its increase to you. Are you understanding me? It has commanded the earth. That is the better thing it is saying. Whatever Abel's blood demanded, the blood of Jesus is saying, give them the money. Hallelujah. Give them the victory. Listen, anytime you see the Bible talked about, talking about, hi, forgiveness of sin, and inheritance are connected. Our sins are forgiven so that we can take our inheritance. So the blood did not only wash you from sin, it brought you into what has already been paid for. Listen to me about blood. Blood and redemption. Everybody say redemption. In whom we have redemption through his blood. You know that? In whom we have redemption through his blood. Let me show you some two scriptures on blood and uh, redemption. Um, apart from this one, give me First Peter one eighteen. In First Peter one eighteen, it says, "For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with what corruptible things, that you were not redeemed with something that can can be devalued." He said, "You are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold." 
from your vain conversation which you received by tradition from your fathers. So he wants to mention what we are redeemed from verse 19. But with what? The precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He's trying to say that silver is a currency. Gold is a currency. Blood is the highest currency. That what but you <laughs> is blood. And the same thing. That's why when you go out, everything has been bought. Hallelujah. How? By the blood of God. There's something I want to show you. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6. Give me verse 20. In 1 Corinthians 6, it, it, um, uh, Paul was saying something. Maybe you give me 2 or four, 19 into 20. He now says, what, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own. That means you don't own yourself anymore. You're not your own. Hallelujah. Say, I'm not my own. You know, some of you say, It's my life. It's my life. It's not your life. <laughs> the life that I now live. What? I live by the faith of the Son of God. Who gave himself for me? It's not more your life. Amen. It was paid for. Glory to God. Are we together now? You are not your own. Tap your neighbor and say, You are not your own. No, some people don't know. Say, you are not your own. <laughs> Glory to God. Verse 20. He now says, what? He says, for ye are bought with a price. What's the price? The blood. Glory to God. You are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. What did God use to buy you? Blood. How God got back everything was by paying with blood. That means that there is nothing in this world that does not answer to blood. They say, money answers all things. No, blood answers all things. Amen. Blood, say the blood answers all things. Say blood answers all things. It was that understanding that made the prophet in Isaiah 55 shout. Give me verse 1. In Isaiah 55, he said, Come! Glory to God. Start from verse 1. For everyone that tested, come you to the waters. And he that has no money. Ah, uh-uh, why? No, no, no. Something has happened. Come, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why? Because it was already paid. Amen. Are you understanding me? It's already paid. Don't pay again. Tap in and say, Don't pay again. It's paid already. Glory to God. With blood. Blood is a currency that never devalues, it doesn't get devalued, it doesn't reduce and increase. Dollar and pound fluctuates. Blood does not fluctuate. That's why the Bible told that the blood of sprinkling that speaketh, that means it's still speaking. Hallelujah. The strength of what it was saying 2,000 years ago is the same as it is now. Hallelujah. Any day you are taking communion, you are showing receipt of payments to collect what has been paid for. Malapate. Are you saying that? That's what you are doing. It's paid for. I've taken it. You are showing that something was already paid for. So you put in view that thing you are believing God for and you show the receipts. Listen, time will fail me, but let me explain something to you. The day the believer becomes blood conscious, 
is the day he actually experiences takeover. These were the things David understood. And in front of a battle, he said, who is that uncircumcised? That means me. Blood was shed. What circumcision? Blood came out now. Are you understanding me? Blood. Who is that uncircumcised Philistine? Is, is, is blood speaking for him? <laughs> if blood is not speaking for him, I will take off his head. Amen. Because he came with the consciousness of blood. I was quoting Psalm 22. I think it was verse 14. Where he said, I am as water poured out. And I explained to you that, listen to me, that Jesus was crying out, and this was the scripture, he was crying out on the cross. You know, when he was on that cross, Eloi, Eloi, Lama Shabbatane, you know, and all that, then he said it is finished. It was Psalm 22. In the quotes in this place says, I am poured out like water. The literal rendering is that I am God's libation to settle the earth. That means that Jesus Christ, you know how people take water and say, our, 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 our what they say again? Our ancestors, then they pour water to settle. That's how God poured out Jesus. Amen. And that means that anything you want has already been settled. We thank God for the redeeming power of the blood, for the atoning efficacy of the blood, for the sanctifying power of the blood, for the invigorating power of the blood. Are you understanding me? We thank Him for, 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 for what the blood has already done. We talked about some of these things in the cell meeting. But listen to me, listen to me. You have been washed. Everybody say you have been washed. Say I have been washed. <laughs> when you were dipped in blood, washed means that you were dipped in blood. When you came out, every unclean thing was addressed. Poverty was addressed. Sin and the effects of sin were addressed. I was quoting a scripture to you in John 1.29 where the Bible said, John the Baptist cried and said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the whole world. Choice of words. Um, John the Baptist, what are you talking about? The law taketh away. All the lambs we bring don't take away. They cover the sin. They cover the sin. Are you saying that this lamb that is coming will take away the sin? Yes, it will take away. That means that this sacrifice will not be done year after year anymore. It will be done once and for all. It will be done again and again and again and again. Now, it's proper for someone to understand how the old covenant is. You know, for you to really appreciate the new covenant. In the old covenant, they had that day of atonement, also known as Yom Kippur. The day of atonement is... That day, everybody is looking forward to As a matter of fact, that's the greatest ceremony every Jewish person is looking forward to. It normally holds on the tenth day of the seventh month. 
And then when they come, the high priest, the high priest has to first of all offer a bullock as a sin offering for himself. But our own high priest does not have to offer any sin offering for himself. He was without sin. Tempted at all points as we are, yet without sin. For he who knew no sin, amen, became sin for us. So he didn't have to offer any bullock as an offering for his own sin. Then the high priest, after offering that bullock, you know, for his own sin, he now has to be given at the two goats. And then those two goats are brought, they will cast the lots and say, one is the, is the Lord's goat and the other is the scapegoat. So the Lord's goat is the one that will be slain and his blood will be sprinkled on the, on the mercy seat. Hallelujah. The other scapegoat is the one that all the sins will be laid on and will be released into the wilderness. In that practice, there is propitiation and expiation. It means that not just that their sins were covered, then the scapegoat carries the sin far away from them that the scripture might be fulfilled. That just as the east is far from the west, so will your sins be taken away. So the, the sin is taken away from them far, far, far. Released into the wilderness and, until he's killed. That's the scapegoat. Jesus was both goats in one. Amen. Blood had to be sprinkled to appease God. Amen. Jesus, by the sacrifice of himself. Give me Hebrews 9. Let's look at 22. I'll read down to 26. In Hebrews 9, it says, And almost all things by the law, by the law, purged with what? Blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission of sin. That means that if blood is not shed, sin goes nowhere. So anytime you stand outside of blood, you are standing outside of faith. You are standing outside of sacrifice. You are standing alone. Are you understanding me? Without shedding of blood is no remission of sin. Before I read this scripture down, remember I quoted to you from Leviticus 17.11 where God was teaching them what they should use blood to do. He said, for the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. That means that if you, the only way you can make atonement is by blood. Hallelujah. So I've given you this blood. Recognize to use it. Okay? So go back to Hebrews 9. So when that says, without shedding of blood is no remission of sin. Whether old covenant, new covenant is blood. Everything they were doing in the old covenant was a shadow or a type of the real thing. Jesus has done that real thing for you. If the shadow made a country rich, the real thing will make an individual rich. If the shadow has preserving power to protect a nation from destruction, the real thing has preserving power to protect you from recession. Hey. See, so it says, without shedding of blood is no remission of sin. Next verse, verse 23. I'm going to read down. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with this. That means the blood purified. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than this. That means that this heavenly sacrifice that Jesus has carried out is a better sacrifice than what they were doing in, 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 in Jerusalem. Are you understanding me? Read further verse 24. He now says, For Christ is not entered into holy places made with hands which are figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. 
When the high priest offers that blood, he has to take it into the Holy of Holies and sprinkle it on the mercy seat. Are you understanding me? He must do that. The body of the animal is burnt in the outer, outer court. In the same way the body of Jesus was roasted on earth. Hallelujah. And then Jesus entered into the Holy of Holies in the presence of God right in heaven and offered his own blood. Glory to God. Now, some people say, where, at what point did Jesus go and offer his blood? Well, the scripture points out to us that when Jesus came, you read John twenty seventeen, and met Mary. And she ran, Rabboni. I wanted to hug. He said, hey, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Why? At that moment, he was going to offer that blood. Hallelujah. He was going to offer that blood. So, look at it. He said, touch me not. For I am not, I am not yet descended, ascended to my father. But go to your, the, my brethren and say to them, I ascend. No more to the Lord, your maker. Unto my father. And now he's going to be what? Your father. And to my God and what? Your God. Hallelujah. That means that this thing I'm going to do now will change the game forever. Blood is a game changer. <laughs> Blood is a game changer. This thing I'm going to do now will change the game forever. So in the same way the high priest went into the Holy of Holies with blood, Jesus took his own blood. Go back to where we stopped in Hebrews 9. You know, verse 20, where 24, 25. For Christ not entered into a holy place made with hands, which are figures of the truth, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Verse 25. Not yet that he should offer himself often, as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world, had he appeared to do what? To put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Say, sin has been put away. Say again, sin has been put away. By the sacrifice of himself. Glory to Jesus. Did you get that picture? So, what the Jews were doing, the high priest was doing, was what Jesus came to do. They were showing us sample of what was going to happen. Jesus has done the real thing. And you and I are beneficiaries. Now you now understand what the Bible says. You have come unto Mount Zion. You have come to Jesus. The mediator of this new covenant. And to the blood of sprinkling. Not the blood that was sprinkled. Everybody say sprinkling. Sprinkling. Say it's continuous. There are two places in scripture where it makes us understand that this blood is continuous. In 1 John 1, uh, give me verse 7. In 1 John 1, it says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we are fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, it is a cleansed. Cleanses. That means that it is a continuous process. Are you understanding me? From It's continuous. There's a way people are looking at me. It was prophesied in scripture that God would do something like this. Zechariah prophesied it. Um, 13 chapter, verse 1. Zechariah said, I believe it's 13 verse 1, In that day, there shall be a fountain opened. It's a fountain of blood. Though, to the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, what's the fountain for? For sin and for uncleanness. We are partakers of that fountain. It's the sprinkling, sprinkling, sprinkling. Every element in the Holy of Holies has to be sprinkled with blood. We are in that place. 
and we are constantly sprinkled with blood. That's why we are, we are not trying to be holy. You don't understand it. Listen, say, um, you know, some people quote First Peter 1 sometimes, and they say, um, be ye holy as I am holy. He was mentioning something that was said in Leviticus. You have been made holy. The blood has made you holy. Everything that blood touched was made holy. Holiness and righteousness don't mean the same thing. Righteousness is ascribed always to an individual or a person. Holiness can be ascribed to a place and a person. So, any place that is good enough for God is a holy place. And the Bible says that your body is good enough for God. It means you are a holy person. Mount Sinai was called a holy mount because God came upon it. Anywhere the presence of God can come upon is holy. I just read a scripture to you that said you are holy. I would read First Corinthians 6. Alright? It said, your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is holy. Hallelujah. If you are not holy, the Spirit of God cannot come and live in you. It's called Holy Spirit. It's a spirit that is holy. It only lives in the holy tabernacle. And you are not holy by what you did. You are holy by what Jesus had done. That blood made you holy. See, the Bible called the blood the sanctifying blood. The Greek word for sanctify is hagios. To sanctify means to make something holy. Amen. To make it set apart for God's use. That means that God can drink water with that cup. Amen. And you are that cup that God can drink water with. Because blood has cleansed you. Glory to God. I said blood has cleansed you. No other blood had the ability to make you holy. Only the blood of God. Now I want to end on this note. Listen to me. We live in a society where people believe that, you know, behind every fortune is a crime. The Holy Ghost said to me, he said, no, behind every fortune is not a crime. Behind every fortune is a sacrifice. And the day the church knows that a sacrifice has been made to give them the greatest fortune that they can ever have, then we start walking in true wealth. So, you know what happens most of the time? There are people that are looking for help in life. Then they go and meet a, uh, a juju priest or a native doctor. And what does he do? He can go and take chicken and take a goat and kill and pour the blood. The moment blood is poured, life forces, life forces are released to act on behalf of that person. Are you understanding me? Now, the highest sacrifice any human being can make is a human sacrifice. It's to kill another human being and spill his blood. God knew that even against men, men against men, they will spill blood to hinder other men. They will spill blood to, to hinder other men. Let me show you something. In scripture, in 2 Kings 3, 2 Kings 3, we have the story of a Moabite king. This Moabite king was fighting against the children of Israel, God's people. Time will fail me. These people were going to fight with prophecy. The Israelites were told that you win the war. So they went based on the word of the Lord. Give me the last verse. Um, let's read. No, let's read. Verse 24, okay? And when they came to... 26 is my focus. And when they came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites rose up and smote the Moabites. That's according to prophecy. Prophecy was that they will win. I want to show you something. You see? They rose up and they smote the Moabites. The prophecy had told the Israelites they win the war. So they were going with that word from God. So that they fled before them. Who was fleeing? The Moabites were fleeing. 
But they went forward smiting, even as they were running, they were still killing them. They went forward smiting the Moabites, even in their country. That is, they chased them, even into their country. Verse 25. And they beat down the cities. And on every good piece of land, cast every man his stone and filled it. And they stopped all the wells of water. This was, they finished them. By the time they start taking wells of water, it means they are taking control. And felled all the good trees. Only in the Keharasheth left they the stones thereof. How be it? The slingers went about it and smote it. Total takeover. And when the king of Moab saw, may your eyes open to see how to change the game. May your eyes open, let the eyes of this church open to see how to change the game. When the king of Moab saw that the battle was too sore for him, it was difficult, he was losing, everything was going, he thought of sacrifice. It's time for sacrifice. It's time to change the game. It's time to change the game. He said, and he took with him 700 men that drew swords and broke through even unto the king of Edom, but they could not. Next verse. Then took his eldest son that should be reigned in his stead. The prince apparent, the heir apparent, the prince, the heir apparent, he took him. Now, you know what he was saying? I've already lost the kingdom. The only thing left is this, my prince. If I want to preserve the kingdom, I will give something in exchange and his blood. He took his son and offered him for a burnt offering upon the wall. He slew him and spilled his blood. Read carefully the next thing. Now, I want you to understand something. These children of Israel were coming with prophecy from God. Somebody killed an innocent boy. God reacted. The elements reacted. The Bible said, and there was a great indignation against who? Israel. Ah-ah. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And they departed from him and returned to their own land. What ended there? Are you hearing me? When blood was shed, Kai, the scripture says that, say to Zion that her warfare has been accomplished. See, how Warfare is accomplished is by blood. Amen. He took the blood as he shared the blood of that fellow. Now, the Bible, uh, um, well, every good, every good, every good commentator on this story, I stand on authority to say, I have read. Nobody has a natural explanation for what happened here. Are you understanding me? Some will say that when the blood was shed, people say, some people are sympathetic. And the Israel were just weak to fight. No, it was not weak to fight. As the blood was shed, something, life is in blood. Are you understanding me? They were going to fight. They lost strength. That brings you to another thing. In blood is strength. Anytime you invoke the blood of God, you are invoking the strength and the power of God. When blood was shed, even when they were coming based on prophecy, things turned against them. Amen. Of course, they had blood to also invoke. I don't know why they didn't use it. Amen. You understand that? Things turned against them. Anytime somebody involves blood, the game changes. I end with this. There is blood that has been shed for you. 
always involve blood. Amen. Always involve blood. In your career, involve blood. In your finances, involve blood. I taught you something. I mentioned something last. I was going to teach you on this, God helping me. That the tithes, the significance of the tithes is this. The tithes is you bringing your efforts and dipping it in blood and offering it to God. That's what it is. Amen. So, that tithe is how your finances are dipped in blood. Because money is symbolic of your strength. Amen. Your effort, your sweats. And when you offer it, and you begin to recognize that this is your strength, it is Jesus that made it possible for you to produce this. Everything that is connected to blood experiences the same thing that happened, you know, when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that even the elements, the heavens, the earth, what happened? There was darkness. Everything was shaking. That's how blood till dates enters invoked. All the elements respond to it. I'll show you one last scripture. Hebrews 12. We always stop at 24. Let me just read after 24. Give me 24, then we'll read there now. And to Jesus, the the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. So, what is he talking about? The blood. Now he's talking about blood. Alright? He now says, See that you refuse not him that speaketh. Amen. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. What he's trying to say is this. That blood does not only speak for you on earth. It's speaking in heaven. The heavens and the earth respond to the sacrifice of Jesus on your behalf. Today you're going to take communion. When you partake of this communion, have in front of you what you want to see. The game changing. Amen. This communion today is the game changer for some of you in your finances, for some of you in your job. Are you understanding me? And every day you wake up and you remember you invoke your blood. Amen. The blood is speaking. The blood is speaking. How the voice of that blood gets into what you are doing is through what we are doing here today. How many of you are ready for blood today? Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Lift your right hand and say, Blood answereth all things. Say it again, Blood answereth all things. Say again, Blood answereth all things. Let's rise to our feet. We'll just do... Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the message of faith around the world.